Hey, welcome to the Monday morning show. I'm Grant Cohn. That's Ryan Hensley. Good morning. It is great to see you. I'm back from my vacation. I was in Palm Springs. It was hot. It's nice. It was it was really nice. Palm Springs is fun. It's kind of like, I don't know what I imagined Vegas was like, yeah, 60, 70 years ago. It's like not super big and overrun, but in 10 years, it probably will be like mini Vegas, but it was hot and now it's hot back here in the Bay. Thank goodness. Would you, did you oh, go sorry. like an Airbnb pool, like chill out? Yes. It was like the whole family. My dad was there. My brother right. was there. His family was there. So it was fun. A lot of bonding and it was great. It was a lot of fun. Was it was great. Like hot? It was hot. And I got a little color, which is nice because usually I'm hella white. So yeah. I got yeah. that going for me. So today we're talking Niners. We're talking Rodgers. We're talking Lance. We're going to even talk Michael Jordan and the Warriors because why not? But let's start with, look here, let's start with this. We were just chilling yesterday on Easter Sunday, mm-hmm. trying to mind our own business. Then all of a sudden, the freaking Ravens signed Odell Beckham Jr. for a lot of money, which surprised everyone because, first of all, the Ravens don't really throw the ball that much to wide receiver. Second of all, everyone thought he was Beckham was going to go to the Jets because they're going to get Rodgers, and Rodgers wants Beckham, and he made it pretty clear. They didn't get him. Then like an hour later, there's a rumor that uh, – uh, pops up on Twitter that the Niners would be willing to trade Trey Lance for the second and a fourth. And I'm thinking, are these connected? Are these connected? The fact that the Jets seem to be blowing it, getting Aaron Rodgers, are the Niners floating this Trey Lance stuff? Or is this Trey Lance stuff coming out because the Niners actually think they're in play for Aaron Rodgers? Well, it's a tough question. So, first of all, I don't know the source, the guy who tweeted that out. I don't know who that is. I, so, you know, I don't know. Me neither. You know, maybe maybe it's legit. Maybe it's just some made up BS that he's like, you know, reading the tea leaves, throwing something out, see if it sticks. Um, that could be just possible. Possible. Yeah. So that's the first thing. As far as Aaron Rodgers, man, the only way I would be OK with trading Trey Lance is if they were to go get a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And yeah, I feel I, like that's the way the only way that's the only way the fan base would be OK with it. I put a sorry to cut you off, but real quick, I put a, a poll out like 30 minutes ago saying who do you want to start the season as the Niners quarterback as of 30 minutes ago 67 percent of the thousand votes have come in for Trey Lance if they trade him it's going to be very very unpopular the Niners don't really like to piss off their fans only way they'll be happy is if they get Aaron Rodgers in return yeah I mean I think the 49er fans a lot of them at least they want at least the possibility of greatness and if you aren't getting Aaron Rodgers and you're getting rid of Trey Lance you, that kind of eliminates that possibility in my head, right? I think, again, this Brock Purdy is such a big question mark. Uh, you know, who knows how he's going to look when he returns? Who knows when he's going to return? And who knows if he ever has the potential of being great? With Trey Lance, it's an unknown. Maybe he doesn't end up working out at all. Maybe he's a complete bust one day. But the high side of Trey Lance makes a lot of fans – they hope for greatness again, like they had before with Joe Montana and Steve Young and, and even Garcia, I guess you could say, right. And the only way that you're going to get past that with the fan base, I think, at least from my perspective is with a guy like Aaron Rodgers. And I think that's definitely a possibility. I know the 49ers want him. Uh, I know Aaron Rodgers, despite him saying he's not going to San Fran, he originally wanted to be a 49er. Yeah. So I could definitely see it working out. He's from this area. If also, does he does he seem like he knows what he wants? I mean, or does he does he seem like he changes his mind yeah, every he, two weeks? He he's he, I'm pretty sure if they were able to work it out in San Francisco, he might have said, "I'm not going to San Fran because uh, he didn't Jeff think he would." Yeah, but yeah, I think he would. Yeah, 
Yeah. I think he would too. And I feel like as long as the Jets keep bungling this, like what team is waiting in the weeds to get uh, maybe the Ravens? The Ravens are interesting. Like, mm-hmm. why did they go after Odell Beckham Jr.? For Lamar? Or are they thinking, hey, man, if, if Lamar wants a fully guaranteed contract, why don't we trade him and go get Rodgers? You know what I'm saying? Maybe the Ravens do something like that. Maybe I don't know, but it seems like the Niners could be that team. Maybe Baltimore is that team that uh, gets Rodgers if the if the Jets fumble it because they look like they're cutting close to fumbling this. I didn't think about that. Um, so that's an interesting point, like Aaron Rodgers going to the Ravens. But I did think, to me, to me what it meant, my immediate reaction was, you know, I think this whole time the Ravens thought they're going to have Lamar Jackson back, and they used what they, they did what they did for a negotiation tactic, right? And I think that's why a lot of the league hasn't made an offer on Lamar Jackson because they know ultimately Baltimore is just going to uh, match it, right? Because they have the opportunity to match whatever offer is given to Lamar Jackson. So the the Ravens could just match whatever offer Lamar's given, and now whatever organization offered for him looks foolish. Um, for whatever quarterback they do bring in, right? Their second choice or, you know, they maybe have a quarterback on their team right now that everyone thinks is going to be the guy, but they tried to make an offer for Lamar Jackson that kind of undercuts whoever quarterback is on their team. So I think the Ravens, that's why Lamar Jackson is not getting an offer. I think the Ravens honestly plan this whole time. Oh, he'll be back. You know, worst case, we'll just give him the, what is that fifth year option or something like that, right? So Yep. I think Lamar Jackson's going back to the Ravens, honestly. And I think the Jets are still going to try to work it out with Aaron Rodgers. But if they're unable to, I definitely think the 49ers would be into that for sure. So okay. So if Lamar Jackson goes back to the Ravens mm-hmm. and the Jets don't work it out with Rodgers, then the Niners are the team. So yeah. I think like it, it's people aren't really talking about this, but I think it's a very real possibility that the Niners, maybe they don't have as good of a chance as the Jets, but it feels like the Jets' chances are getting worse by the day, and the Niners are kind of chilling in Santa Clara being like, we don't really have a chance for this, do we? Do we? Yeah. Oh, we do. Oh, we do. Robert Sala and Joe Douglas are messing this up. Right. Like, I, I, I don't know. So it seems to me that the fact that the Ravens pulled off this stunner yesterday and then we get this report, which may or may not be true, about what the Niners are looking for for Lance, it feels like it's not a coincidence it feels like the more real, the more of a reality Aaron Rodgers comes becomes for the 49ers, the more willing they'd be to trade Trey Lance for whatever, frankly. Yeah. And, and it, they might even trade him for less than that if they get Aaron Rodgers because, frankly, no one would care anymore. Unless in five years Rodgers is retired and Trey Lance is the next Aaron Rodgers. Then people would care, but not now. Yeah, I mean, th- this situation with Rodgers, it feels like kind of like when Brady left the Patriots. A lot of guys were like, oh, we don't want him. I've seen that from some of the 49ers fan base. I think they changed their tune, though, as soon as he signed with the 49ers. Yeah, Didn't they just I make this mistake with Tom Brady three years ago? Like, oh, yeah. he's done. You know, we yeah. want to, we want someone who has a future. Like, dude, just get the ring, please. Yeah, all, that, Dude, that's all I want. All I want is a, a elite quarterback, and Aaron Rodgers is that. I don't care about his politics or his personality. When he's on the field with the 49ers weapons, they could definitely, definitely be top front runners to win that Super Bowl. The only it's thing been- with Rodgers, though, is he is becoming, like, <sighs> insufferable. Yeah. Like, not only is he a diva attention. I'm not going to say attention. Yeah. Like, what's a nice way to say that? You know the word. Uh, But he's like, man, he's like worse than Favre was at the end. Like, is he going to be there at OTAs? Is he going to be there at minicamp? Like, he's got, s- he's such a diva. And you don't even know when he's going to be on the field. He's still great, though. He's still a much better option with what the Niners have. But he's annoying I- as hell. I think a lot of that has to do with the situation they had out, out there in Green Bay. Like, I think he was frustrated with 
the lack of weapons he was given. He, I think he was frustrated because he wasn't involved with the roster building, right? Not making excuses for him at all. No, you're right. You're right. I don't like but I mean, he seems like the kind of guy you could give him everything and he's still going to find a reason to be upset about something, but maybe not. We'll see. I think if they're winning, if he comes to the 49ers, I think they would win a lot of games. And I think as long as yeah. he's winning, he's going to be happy. That, that, so I think it I think it could work out. I'd want it. I would trade Trey Lance for Aaron Rodgers. I would. I know a lot of people get mad about that, but I would. And no question. I feel like this is a reality. If it, it, it would only cost the Niners fourteen million against the cap, the Jets again. All I was reading was two two days ago. Oh, the Jets they're going to have a, a visit with Odell Beckham Jr. And this shows that things are heating up with Aaron Rodgers. Well, Beckham signs with the Ravens. Are they still heating up with with Jets and the Rodgers uh, uh, with the Jets and Rodgers or? Is that cooling down and well, our team circling? That's the thing, too. Lamar Jackson uh, put something on his Instagram story when Odell Beckham signed with the Ravens. So I think Lamar Jackson's going back. Like, he's happy. Cool. So I, I think it's really All Aaron right. Rodgers. I think it's Aaron Rodgers. It is between the Jets and the Niners. I really there you go. Yeah. There you go. And it seems like every day the Niners look like they're in a better spot. So something to watch. Game time says, trade, trade. I'm done till Lynch, Kyle are gone. Yes. Again, I think the only way they trade Trey is if they get Aaron Rodgers because it would be too unpopular and the Niners really do care what their fans and critics say. Yeah. What was the last super unpopular thing the Niners did? When was the last time they said, screw what our fans think, we're going to do it anyway? Last Buckner. time. Buckner? Buckner. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Buckner. And they're still not living that down. I, they're sensitive about it. Josh Wyatt says Niners need to tackle a cornerback and an edge rusher. Those are premium positions that will go in the top 20 picks. Trading trade doesn't make any sense if it doesn't help you move into that range. Well, yeah, it does. Yeah. You have 11 picks and you get something you can package. You know, you, you could get up that, that high. You could. I mean, that's the thing that they would a second and a fourth, man. I, I don't know. Are we going to talk about that later? Like, yeah, let's about. talk about it now. Let's talk yeah. about it now. So the report yesterday is that the Niners would be willing to trade Trey Lance for a second round pick and a fourth round pick in the upcoming draft. Uh, on the one hand, it feels low because they spent three first round picks for him. On the other hand, it feels a little unrealistic because he hasn't played in three years. And it's hard to say what a guy's trade value is coming off a three year layoff, a three year. I don't think I've ever heard of anything like that. Yeah, And, and it's not like he had a, a track record to begin with. So what do you think about this? Uh, valuation i've been thinking about it man i think i think differently from a lot of people i've been seeing comment on this i think the 49ers would not take a second and a fourth and i think there are several teams that would offer a second and a fourth if they really only want a second and a fourth for trading lance if that's true i think he's gone because i think there are a few teams that would do that there, you know like there's the texans the commanders the colts the panthers the saints the falcons they all have second and fourth round picks and they don't have a quarterback. And what I if the like Jets miss out on Rodgers? <laughs> what do they do? Yeah, that's a possibility. Although I don't know if Robert Sala's in a, in a position to take on a project in year three, having to make the playoffs, but I don't know. We'll see. He's in yeah, win now well, mode. Yeah, when you're a coach of the Jets, you're always in project mode, it seems like. But yeah, yeah. Right, I mean, yeah. if they get Rodgers, they're probably good. I, I just think for me, like Trey Lance, the 49ers trade three first rounders or two first rounders, and they spend another third first and they bought a third. That's to move up and draft Trey Lance third. Nothing has really changed except he got injured. So I, I don't understand why another team wouldn't be like, hey, this is our opportunity. We can give him a second and a fourth. It seemed like because, because the thing with Trey is that it's not like he was the number one recruit out of high school. It's mm -hmm. not like he went to Ohio State and won the national championship. It's not like he played three years of college. Like his 
value is always speculative. You know, it was always theoretical. And the fact that now it's been three years without him playing, it's like, well, that initial value is, comes into question. You know what I'm saying? That's the whole, that's the thing that makes it tricky with Trey. There was a lot of reports. Like, that like he's like Anthony Richardson, you know what I'm saying? Like he didn't really have a resume. He was at North Dakota State for one year. That's it. Well, that's the thing. The Niners felt he was worth it, right? And then the Falcons. Yes. The yes. Falcons, and a lot of teams did. Yeah. But that was two years ago. That well, was two years ago. Said, well, see, the Falcons were going to – when the 49ers drafted Trey Lance, it was reported that the Falcons were going to spend that seventh that's round true. pick. The seventh pick overall on Trey Lance. I think fourth. They had the fourth pick the on fourth? Yeah, so they, they Yeah, that's – I think they, they were right after they, – they took Kyle Pitts fourth, I believe. Yeah, and then a lot of people are saying if Trey Lance waited another year, he'd probably be the number one draft pick in the draft. True. So there's a Tra- high evaluation yeah. on Trey Lance, and for that's a second true. and fourth, seems like a bargain to me. I mean, really, the pandemic made him a, a tough evaluation because who the hell in the history of the sport was a top three pick after a year off? Yeah, I mean, it never happened, yeah. but it ha- it had to happen because of the pandemic, and so that's why there's so much confusion about Trey Lance. He hasn't played in three years, and it's not his fault. There was a pandemic. He got benched. He didn't get benched. He got slow played like Patrick Mahomes got slow played, and then he got injured. I mean, three things that were completely out of his control. And so now, yeah, maybe he's worth the second and the fourth. But what, the way I took it was, if that got leaked, it, these are negotiations. You start higher. You're asking prices higher than what you end up accepting. So if they're initial, if someone calls the Niners and say, "What's Trey going to cost?" and they say second and a fourth, to me that means they're you know they would accept a second or maybe uh, a third and a fourth. You know what I'm saying? I I mean I hear what you're saying. I just don't. I just think he's worth more than that second round pick to the Niners. And I think a lot of teams would offer that. I don't, I really do. I just think, hey, we can get the guy the Niners traded three first for with a second. Let's freaking do it. Right. And there's teams out there that have so many picks that, that it would be. But again, well though, with Trey, it's, it's tough because what do you do? Do you trade for him and sit him some more? Or do you trade for him and play him right away? And how many teams really feel, would feel confident about playing Trey right away? Yeah, I mean, like the Jets, be. can the Jets do that? Can the Jets afford that? Jets if he's probably already? be cautious about. It. I don't think the Jets. Yeah, would. Texans might, could do it. But Texans I, could do it. Yeah, yeah, the Texans. But the Texans might just draft Bryce Young. You know what I mean? Like they could just do that. So the Panthers could do you know, it. Panthers. I mean, could do it. think about it. some of these teams. But the Panthers are going to draft a quarterback with their first pick. Yeah, they are. But, I'm, but yeah. there, there's a lot of teams that have early first rounders that they could, like the Texans, for example, have two first sure. rounders. They could spend two first rounders on other positions, really make their team strong, and then bring in Trey Lance. And D'Amico's seen Trey Lance; he knows what he is. Um, So, I I don't. I think. I think if the Niners are willing to accept a second, I think he's gone. I just don't think they are. I really don't think they are. I think they'd accept the second if they get Aaron Rodgers again. For them to say, because we're going to talk about the risks, like what what could the downside of possibly trading Trey Lance. Um. If they trade him and don't have Rodgers and they're saying, well, we believe in Brock and, and Darnold, that's, that is Crazy. really risky. That's walking a tightrope with no net right there. Yeah. But if you have Rodgers, I mean, that's that's it's a safe play. That's yeah. Really, no one no one crushes you for that. So yeah, I don't care how much they say they like Sam Darnold. I don't see them really put themselves in a position where Sam Darnold could start week one. No. And Brock Purdy's injured. I just don't see it. That, that takes some serious courage. And I don't think the Niners have the courage of their convictions like that. I just don't think they do. Yeah, that's why I don't think it's going to happen unless unless they get a Rodgers. If they get Rodgers, right. 
fine. Like nobody's going to say nothing. I mean, there'll be a few people mad in the beginning because of his personality and his politics. But at some point that would go away once he starts playing and they, because that, that would be the best quarterback we've had since Steve Young. Like, yeah, and if, if anyone was upset about the move, they wouldn't even say it either. It would just be it would be a national, it would be a local holiday, and anyone that had misgivings would just shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, that's why. But if now if they don't get Rodgers, I don't think there's a, I don't think they're going to man. Sam Darnold, like we kept hearing they're not going to play Trey Lance because they're in a Super Bowl window. So what's the solution, Sam Darnold? Sam Darnold, Come yeah. On, no, I'm with you on that. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think that you could argue that they should. You could argue that Trey Lance's uh, value could go could get even lower if the Niners botch this you know if they sit him if they bench him if he gets hurt again um but you could also argue that if he go- ends up being good and the Niners don't have a competent replacement everyone gets fired so let's talk about the consequences of potentially trading Trey Lance yeah without getting Aaron Rodgers to placate the masses let's say you just trade Trey Lance and roll with Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold what are the possible range of outcomes there that is a what's a good word ballsy like that that is a decisive move if they do that if they get rid of Trey Lance and all and they're just like we, we're gonna roll with Brock Purdy coming off a UCL injury and we're gonna roll with Sam Darnold the consequences could be really bad especially if Trey Lance goes somewhere else and balls out and Brock Purdy doesn't turn out to be a franchise quarterback essentially to me they're gonna so real quick real, real quick we're talking risk reward here and the reward is like a third round pick maybe a second round pick they're asking for a second and a fourth reportedly that's the rumor yeah. So that's let's let's say let's say they get a second and a fourth for Trey Lance. That's the reward. Now let's lay out all the risks. Yeah, all the risks yeah. are Kyle all the risks. And, and John Lynch are out of here because like if you if you spend all that money to get Trey Lance and then you get rid of him for a second and then he does before well, even giving him a chance, right? He didn't well, fail. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. he does well, and then Brock Purdy doesn't work out, and Sam you're, Darnold continues to be Sam Darnold. You're you're fired. That's how, that's how Kyle Shannon finally would get fired. So I you believe. put your you put your career at risk for a second and a fourth. Yeah, it's I not my career, but I wouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah, I don't buy it. It's too that's much at risk. I, I, yeah. I don't think I don't think that's gonna happen. Yeah. That's why that's why I I'm mean, adamant about it's, not it's your reputation too, man. I mean, it would be the dumbest series of events ever. You gave up three first and a third for a guy. You got rid of him after four starts before he even proved a thing. You traded low. You replaced him with a guy who was injured and a guy who everyone knew was trash. They both, uh, you know, didn't work out, which is like, wow, what a surprise. And then Trey Lance ends up being the guy you thought he would be initially. Like, it's it's a comedy of errors at that point. Now, I'm not saying it would ha- it would work out that way. Maybe Brock Purdy's the truth. Maybe Sam Darnold is the next Alex Smith. If you compare the beginning of Alex Smith's career to the beginning of Sam Darnold's career, there are a lot of parallels. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that Sam Darnold ended up turning his career around. And frankly, Alex Smith wasn't exactly a Hall of Famer. Maybe Trey Lance, you know, maybe Trey Lance could be that um, yeah. because he's still young and he seems to be taking the right steps, at least this offseason. So big consequences if they get this wrong. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, you're right. It could work out. Maybe Brock Purdy comes back. He's just as good, if not better, than he was before, and he continues to get better, and he becomes franchise quarterback. Then nobody's going to say nothing. But yeah, throughout that process, it's going to be there's going to be a lot of heat on, on those guys, you know. And I just don't feel like they're ballsy enough to be like – Yes, we know this is gonna. Ha- this is what. This is how it's gonna work out. I, I don't know. Yeah, they might that. think like you know we we prefer Brock. We don't think Trey Lance is gonna reach his potential, the potential we thought he had two years ago. But they don't know, and I no. think they're a little scared that they're wrong. Like they've been wrong so many times at the quarterback position. I mean, they didn't really know. But we've talked about it so many times. But they didn't know about Brock until Brock played. 
you know. Yeah. Um, and he played at the end of the season when the offense was already clicking. He had a bunch of good players. Trey hasn't been in that position, so I mean, I mean I really, I, I really Trey won real quick. Trey won that week sixteen game against the Texans. What if he had just kept playing that year? Maybe would have yeah. keep he would have kept. Well, he didn't like get hurt. He won. Then they yeah. benched him for a guy who was injured and wasn't playing well. Maybe the Niners win the Super Bowl that year if he's playing. You don't know. I, that's, to me, it all boils down. Like it, it makes sense to me that they're going to use this opportunity with Brock Purdy hurt. To finally see what they have in Trey Lance, and then they can make their decision. Unless they get Rodgers, yeah, or, or <laughs> unless they get Rodgers to, to see it. Like I feel like they're, they're going to use this opportunity if they don't get Aaron Rodgers to see what they have in Trey Lance, and then if they want to, they could trade him during the during the year or after the season. I just don't think he's going anywhere this year. It wouldn't make any sense to me. I just feel like the fact that Jalen Hurts exists gives Trey Lance a, another chance with the Niners because even again, they can think what they want to think, but they see what the Eagles did with Jalen Hurts, and they got to acknowledge that there's a chance Trey could do the same thing. And oh, I think they know that they're not putting him in the same position. They don't have the same coaches, but there's there's a chance and a hope that he could do it on his own. And right now he's with Patrick Mahomes and Jeff Christensen and working on the mechanical flaws in his throwing motion, which we've discussed. And yeah. right now, based on the little clips we're seeing, it looks like he's working on the things he needs to work on. So and, Niners might want to just see what it looks like in, in camp before they make a decision on this. And you could make an argument because there's tons of examples, right? Josh Allen, Peyton Manning, a bunch of guys that struggled really bad in, in the beginning of their career. Steve and you can Young. make an argument. Was, was that? Steve Young. Steve Young. It's, and Steve Young. A, you can make an argument that Trey Lance will benefit more than any of those guys because he has the least amount of experience out of all of those guys that started off bad and got better. And Trey Lance is the least experienced out of all of them. So there's an argument to be made that he might – be able to do it more likely than those guys were able to do it. Mm-hmm. Corey Soto says, just please let it be somewhere with a good jersey. Been a Niner fan for 27 years, but fandom isn't hereditary. It's a choice. What, what's faithful? Ooh, I'm telling you, this is why I don't think the Niners, this is why I think you're going to win that bet with Larry Kruger. I don't think Jed and Kyle and John want to just straight up enrage 70% of the fan base. They, they know if they get Rodgers, everyone's happy. But if they don't and just trade Trey Lance after four stars and not giving him a chance to say, don't worry, everyone, trust us. We like Brock and Darnold. Dude, a lot of people are going to be pissed, and they're not that kind of organization, man. They're basically just want to keep people happy. And there's no Because, frankly, if they keep people happy and only and only and and keep losing in NFC championships, they'll be fine. Yeah. They could piss people off trying to go for the, the big one if they you know do what they think is right. I mean, <laughs> they, have enough, they have enough picks. If they want to move up to the second and the fourth, they can do it with draft picks. They don't have to trade. Trey Lance to do that. All right, let's talk about the other big news from the weekend. Uh, Trey Lance and Patrick Mahomes are working out together. The coach is Jeff Christensen, who uh, played in the league, drafted in 1983 in that legendary class. Didn't play a lot in the league, but was in the league for about five years. And, I mean, has worked with some serious coaches. If you don't, I mean, it's quarterbacks. If you don't know his story, real quick, he worked with Kirk Cousins, been working with Patrick Mahomes. But this is the dude, he went to Eastern Illinois, he was based in Chicago, he started working with Jimmy Garoppolo in high school when Jimmy was a base, was a pitcher and a middle linebacker, and he showed this guy how to throw a spiral and how to throw with a quick release. He basically built Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo was just a high school athlete. He got his hands on him and told his dad, this guy's going to make $100 million in the NFL. The dad was like, what? And Jimmy put his head down and, and learned all this stuff. So this guy's legit. He basically saw it with Jimmy like in high school at 
spoken into existence. I'm going to make this guy $100 million. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We, we pointed out what, what Trey's problem is. He's mechanically a little wonky. His lower body and upper body aren't always in sync, which causes sometimes his uh, release point to be back here. And he's pushing the ball. It leads to arm fatigue and it leads to inaccuracy. All that stuff is on tape. He's working with a guy who has who's fixed this in the past. I think this is big. That's my main takeaway is that he's working on what he needs to work on with a guy who's had proven results in this field. And now he just needs to build the muscle memory. We don't know how long that'll take. It, it could be years. It could yeah. be months. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I, I love it. I mean, so we saw two videos. We saw two passes, right? Based on those passes, it, his throwing motion looks shorter, right? It looks better. It looks quicker. Um, it, it looks more balanced. Also, I felt like he was getting full extension on the release. Like, you, can yeah. see, you can't see his lower body, but you can see the ball coming off his fingers, and his, his arm is all the way out in front. You go back and look at some of his throws from training camp last year. It's much more three-quarters, and he releases it closer to his shoulder because his left leg, his front leg is already locked out. His his lower body's done doing work, and so he's basically pushing the ball the rest of the way. Now yeah. I feel like it's much it's a much more fluid motion where the ball is getting full extension on his release because his lower body hasn't finished the motion already. It's all in sync now. That's the way I see it. Maybe it's just one yeah. throw in practice, though. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is it's only two videos, so who knows if it's actually going to, like you said, become muscle memory and change everything. But, I, I mean, the thing about Trey Lance that makes me confident in him and his ability to eventually become good is he really has everything you could want outside of experience. He has, you know, the mental, the physical, the attitude, the work ethic. And typically guys like that, when they work hard, they're going to improve. And so I think at some point Trey Lance is going to improve, whether it's soon enough for the 49ers to see it or with it, whether it's soon enough to, to where he stays on the Niners, right? Those are two different questions. But I feel like Trey Lance at some point is going to improve. Um, I don't think there's really a doubt in my mind that he's unable to improve at some point. So this is perfect. And Jeff Christensen, like you said, trained Jimmy Garoppolo. So if he can help, uh, you know, Trey with the quick release, the short ball accuracy. If you combine that with everything that Trey Lance has naturally, like the deep ball and his mobility, I mean, he could be really good. I think this is the best case scenario for who he should be training with. And not only that, you have Patrick Mahomes next to you, which is greatness. Mm -hmm. You're working out with greatness every single day. I, I think it's the best case scenario. And I, I sent out a, a text to my uh, source within the Niners to see if um, if he knows who initiated this workout and he, he hasn't responded with an answer yet but i'll be curious to find out whether or not like the 49ers set this up or whether trey lance did or how that how that transpired because i think that's that's an interesting part of it trey lance reminds me a little bit of this kid i went to high school with not i mean he's a professional athlete tyson ross i don't know if you ever heard of tyson ross he pitched for the a's he pitched for the, oh, for yeah, the padres him. yeah i mean he was an all-star he's six five always the biggest kid he played Babe Ruth in Oakland. I never played against him as a kid, but he was always famous as a kid. The big kid in Oakland. We all knew who he was. And he was so gifted, so much bigger than us, that he could just, his throwing motion, even in, in the pros, if you saw him, he was all arm. He slung that ball 97 miles an hour with his arm. So gifted. But he got hurt a lot because he didn't really use his legs that much. Um, didn't have to. And I feel like that's Trey. Like he, His throwing motion... The last two years has been very much all arm. His legs don't do a lot of work for him. In fact, they get in the way sometimes. And he's doing a lot of like pushing and muscling, which he can do like Tyson can do. Because look at them. They're freaking huge. They're, they're really gifted. But over time, it's bad habit hurts you. 
And the thing about Tyson was interesting. He had a, a younger brother named Joey Ross, who was also in the in the in the major leagues. But when I was in high school, he was in he was like in elementary school. He was really little. He had a growth spurt way later than Tyson. And he didn't learn to throw like Tyson. He didn't throw all arm. He threw with his whole body. He had much better mechanics than Tyson. Ended up having, I believe, a little bit more of a consistent career than Tyson. Hey, Tyson, forgive me if I'm wrong. Joey, I love both you guys. But they definitely had very different throwing motions. And I think it's because Joey's uh just grew later. He had a more fluid throwing motion. I think that's what Trey's trying to learn. Like, yeah, man, you've been able to do this your whole life. You've been able to be the guy who can just go out there and freaking sling it, you know? But now you're you're with the best athletes in the world and you need to refine this. And I think he gets it. I think he gets it. Yeah, I mean, you see that with a lot of athletes, like even coaching basketball, the kids that are naturally athletic, faster, jump higher, their skill set tends to not be as good as the kids that didn't have that athleticism right. because the kids right. without that athleticism had to learn that skill set uh, in order to get by. Yeah, so you can right. see that a lot of times. But yeah. like you said, I think Trey Lance – gets it man he's obviously working with the right people i there's really nothing in my mind that says okay this guy cannot get better i i just if he gets an opportunity if he were like kaepernick sorry colin yeah. but if he were like kaepernick and was like you know I'm, uh mechanics i'm not that big into mechanics if he ever said something like that i'd be out that's when i was out on colin i, I there was a time when i thought colin would have a better career than andrew luck but as soon as he said that i'm like mm, i'm out yeah because you have to constantly dedicate yourself to your craft like brady and and, and breeze and and Steve yeah. Young did. Um, I yeah. think Lance is that kind of guy. Yeah, and and to, to be fair, man, Kaepernick's mechanics were way worse than Trey Lance's. Yes, way worse. Like he was like way longer baseball. You know, that's true. Way longer release. Yeah. yeah. Official BNA Music eighty eight says Brock Purdy and Sam Donald era sounds horrible. I see dead people and grab my strong hand. The uncertainty of Trey. It's at least uh, has promise. Um, yesterday, I was watching zombie movies because it was Easter. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I watched <laughs> Evil Dead two. Dude, Evil Dead 2, I've never seen that movie. It's hilarious. There's a, yeah. He has to, like, kill his hand. His hand attacks him. And his hand's, like, beating yeah. him over the head with, with uh, dishes and stuff. And then he cuts his hand off. And then he has to shoot the hand. But then he misses the hand. The hand's on the loose. It's pretty funny. The hand's, like, flipping him off and stuff. Funny movie. <laughs> Have you seen this? Which one I've never is seen it? it. Evil Which Dead 2. It came out in 1987. It's a no, cult classic. Not, I, hilarious. I, 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 I know they made video games out of that, though, I think. Yeah, Doom. Doom yeah. is essentially based on that movie. Christensen yeah. focuses on the feet like Walsh. Yes, and I think this is so important for Trey because his feet don't do the work for him. Throwing doesn't have to be that hard. With Trey, you can feel you can you can like hear him grunting almost. You can see the grunt. He it doesn't have to be that hard. If it's a fluid motion, it's almost easy. And he yeah. needs to make it easier for him. Your legs make it easy for you. One thing I did notice though about those videos, I don't know if anyone noticed this, but Patrick Mahomes seemed like he's using a lot more elbow torque. Than, than Trey Lance was. Like, I, I'm being honest. Like, with the thing with Mahomes to me, and I think it's what I saw with Steve Young when I was a kid, they don't look like they're throwing hard. I was talking to my friend about it. He put it like this they look like they're throwing pillows. There is just a softness to what they're doing. And it's, I think it helps them, you know, locate the ball and be accurate. Like with Trey and with Kaepernick back in the day, they're freaking gunning it. And with, with Trey, you can learn, man, you don't have to throw it that hard. It's great to be able to throw it that hard. There's going to be times that you need to fit the ball into tight windows. But a lot of the time, watch how Patrick Mahomes throws the ball, man. He's just laying it up there like he's but throwing a pillow. What I did notice is weird, though, is I want like go back and watch that video. You Watch Patrick Mahomes' elbow. It comes way no, I know higher what you mean. I know what you mean. Than, than, than Trey Lance's does. I thought that was interesting. I thought it was interesting, too. Um, he just has so much control of the ball. Ryan, shop smart, shop S-smart. 
I don't get what? it. I don't know. At Ryan, shop smart, shop S smart. I don't get it. Gamut Brown. I don't get it. I, I'll try to shop smart, man. I do actually. My wife hates it. I don't shop smart. All right. <laughs> Here's an interesting one. The yeah. Niners, I think a lot of people consider the Niners the class of the NFC. I mean, they didn't get to prove it last year against the Eagles, but, you know, Brock Purdy got hurt, and they kind of feel like they could have won that game, maybe. Plus, the Eagles lost Javon Hargrave, and the Niners signed him. So a lot of people feel like the Niners are the team to beat in the NFC, and maybe they are. But I think it's interesting that the three teams that are really on their heels in the NFC, Detroit, Seattle, Philly, I mean, let's go through it. Detroit has five picks in the top 95, 6, 18, 48, 55, 81. Seattle also has five picks in the top 95, 5, 20, 37, 52, and 83. And Philly has four picks in the top 95. That's 10, 30, 62, and 94. So those teams are coming for the Niners. If they're remotely good at drafting, they're going to close the gap. And the Niners have no picks in the top 95. I mean, they don't really, they're good at drafting later. But it seems to me that if, I mean, the Niners core is a bunch of guys in their 30s, plus Bosa and Debo. This is a good year to win the Super Bowl. NFC's weak, but these teams are coming with some young talent. Well, if they want to open that, so here's the thing. Is the Super Bowl window closing? I don't know, man. I kind of feel like they've been trying to push it open for a long time. Maybe it's like painted shut, but they're like, they're trying, they're peeking out, you know, like yeah. until you get the the quarterback to me, it's not really fully open. And it's so fool's gold. It, it's fool's gold, right? Get Aaron Rodgers, that, that, that window's wide open. That window's wide open. If if Brock Purdy, Trey Lance turn into something that we haven't seen yet, then that will open the window. But I, I, I just believe you need a quarterback, man. And I know we got to the to the Super Bowl and we were pretty close with Jimmy Garoppolo, but it didn't work out because of the quarterback. Like that was the main reason, in my opinion, that the 49ers didn't win the Super Bowl. The quarterback play was just not at a high enough level. Kyle Shannon didn't even trust Jimmy Garoppolo. The, they need a quarterback. That, that's what they need. And so it, I don't think the window's closing. Now, if you're looking at just the roster outside the quarterback position, yeah, they got a couple years left before they're going to have to kind of like rebuild this thing a little bit. Not like a full rebuild, but they're going to have to replace a couple of big-time players like Trent Williams and guys like that, which is going to be tough to do. So that that window is – they got a couple of years left on it. So what basically what I'm saying is they need to figure it out with the quarterback within these next couple of years if they want to take advantage of those other players. Yeah, I just feel like this was interesting about, I guess, the 2023 49ers. I feel like they're kind of done. I mean, they could always make a move midseason, but how many of their draft picks are going to make an impact this year? Uh, maybe one or two. Maybe one or two. Maybe one or two. I mean, it's going to be a big, another redshirt class, um, mm-hmm. which I think is how the Niners like to do business, which is fine. But mm-hmm. for this year, like your team is kind of done, and your three biggest rivals in the NFC are not at all. Like, each of those guys are probably going to get two, maybe three impact players in the draft coming up. Impact players, not just yeah. starters. So that's interesting. I mean, which I think, one's it going to? Yeah, I think I think honestly, if I'm giving I'm pretty hard on the 49ers, but I got to give them credit for building the roster outside of the quarterback position. So I feel like even if the window we're talking about with like Trent Williams and Debo and Ayuk together and those kind of guys, all that George Kittle, that window. Might be closing, but I honestly believe the 49ers will be able to find good players throughout the roster. It's just the quarterback position. So it doesn't really bother me necessarily. Like Trent Williams is going to be hard to replace. That That's going to be really tough to replace. But I think the 49ers can find replacements at those other positions. 
But until they have their quarterback, it's all moot. Joshua Wyatt says all the Niners offseason moves so far make the team uh hold on. All the Niners offseason moves so far made the team better. All the rumors would make the team worse. Sign OBJ, bring in Wash Rogers, trade Trey for seven raspberries. <laughs> Frankly, I believe none of it. Yeah. I, I actually don't think um you don't think they're interested in Rodgers? I think that I, I believe they're interested in Rodgers. I do. So I think they would take Rodgers, and I would support the Rodgers move. I don't think he's washed. I think he's got more talent in him. But I don't think anything is going to happen. I really – I just don't. It doesn't seem like yeah. they're in though. But maybe maybe yeah. they're tired of not get, coming close and not going all the way. Maybe this is the year they do that. I think it would be fun to see Kyle and the Yorks have to deal with Rodgers. I think that would be really fun. Because, again, the Yorks, the Yorks didn't want Rodgers. Yeah. The Yorks made an organizational decision with their coaches and GM at the time in 2005 that they didn't like him. And it was very much his personality. And you know yeah. what? They were right about his personality. But they were wrong. They were yeah. wrong. So now they would have to like work with that guy that they didn't want to work with. And now it's worse. Seriously. Now it's freaking worse. Why 38. Is, why, if the 49ers wanted you and they could give you the same offer that the Jets could, why in the hell would anybody choose the Jets over the 49ers? If you look at their rosters, you look at their coach. I mean, no, actually, I like Saul, so I'm going to take that back. But if you look at the roster, why why are you going to the Jets over the Niners? Why would you do that? This is your hometown, for one. Like, this is well, where you're from. What is, what's most important to Rodgers? Winning? I don't know about that. What's most important to Rodgers might be control. He didn't have it in Green Bay. He wants control. And in New York – he would run the offense. It would be his offense. On the Niners, they would have to work that out, him and Kyle. You know, there'd have to be some negotiating, and that would be a little tricky considering Kyle is a control freak. So that would be one reason. But, but it, if Rogers' control. main concern is winning, then it's the Niners. That's what I'm saying. Like, why does he want control? He wanted control because I think he thought that would help them win. But if he thinks the 49ers, he can win with the 49ers roster and Kyle Shanahan, maybe he, he won't care about control as much. Maybe he wants control because he's an egomaniac. <laughs> That's possible. Is Cody Walker's, he, I'm just saying. Possible. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, Brady gets control. Why should I get control? I'm better than Brady. Yeah. Is probably yeah. how Aaron Rodgers would think. Yeah. I, I would have a hard time picking the Jets over the Niners if I'm a, a quarterback. Like, I'm going to the Niners. No question. Cody Walker says, remember when Trey seemed reluctant to talk about how hard he threw the ball in his first year? Funny considering where we are now. You want to see a funny video? Go check out Google. Um, on, on a, Go search on YouTube. Phil Simms, Bill Walsh. There's an interview with Phil Simms talking about when he was at uh, in college getting worked out by Bill Walsh. I think Phil Simms was the first quarterback taken that year. Walsh wanted him, but the Giants took him. And I, Phil Simms had a strong arm, and he was trying to show it off for Walsh. And Walsh was like, oh, no, oh, no, that is too hard. Slow it down. He wanted a catchable ball. Obviously, he wanted Phil Sims. He wanted a guy who had, I'm sure he would love to coach Brett Favre and John Elway, but he wanted the guy to throw a catchable ball. That was something he wanted, to be able to take something off. So watch that interview. It's interesting. All right, I got, let's talk about Steve Young. Let's get off the Niners for a second. Let's go historical. Uh, I think it's interesting He's a borderline top 10 quarterback all time, Steve Young. Because, frankly, he didn't play in his 20s. And he didn't get to have the longevity that Tom Brady had because he got a lot of concussions. Um, but I was thinking, if he played today mm. in this rules, I mean, 
with the way offenses have evolved, with the way that the rules have evolved, you can't really touch quarterbacks. You can run quarterbacks a lot. Look at how Jalen Hurts plays. If he played today, you could argue that he might be the best quarterback ever. I mean, his rushing stats would be up there with any quarterback. His passing, he might lead the league in completion percentage. I mean, he'd be like Patrick Mahomes with more running ability. Mobility. I, I, more mobility. I mean, yeah, Joe Montana would be great too in today's NFL because, again, you couldn't hit him, and he got hit a lot too. But he just he wouldn't be the rushing threat that Steve Young is what was. I, I think in, in today's NFL, I might take Steve Young over Montana over pretty much anyone except maybe Mahomes. Maybe. Yeah. I think I feel the same way. Steve Young, I, I say it all the time, he's my favorite quarterback. He's the model to Mine me. too. Uh, he's Mine the too. model of what you, Trey, they should try to make Trey Lance into, right? That That's who you should yeah. model it after. And, yeah, I think there's no question, man. I, I love Steve Young. I think he would be – that's tough. Patrick Mahomes, I'd probably give it to him. But he, I think Steve Young would be second. I think those would be the top two quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, Mah- Young is maybe even more accurate than Mahomes. Mahomes has a cannon that the yeah. Young didn't have, but they both have that pillow touch. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, Steve Young was accurate, 70% accuracy, like just ridiculous. In the, the 90s. In the, in the 90s. 90s. Imagine yeah. today be completing 75% of his throws. <laughs> yeah. And yes. Has- and well, the other thing is, you look at his, he, he ran like four times a game. On the Niners, when he was younger, with the he ran more. But on the Niners, four scrambles a game. Now, the, the I mean, he would have four or five, six scrambles a game, plus three, four, five zone reads a game. Like his legs would be such a bigger factor. Kind of like how you know in the eighties, um, you had Larry Bird, great, great shooter. He was shooting like three threes a game. If he yeah. played today, he would yeah. shoot like twelve. Same with Chris Mullen. Th- those are guys who would be probably be even better today. Larry Bird, Chris Mullen, just because of how the games evolved. That's what I'm th- thinking with Steve Young. Yeah. The, the game has he was ahead of his time he was he, he, he was underutilized in, in certain ways sorry i get excited about and it was fun because he's, he was a lefty so it's different watching it come off the left hand and he was just the most exciting quarterback i've ever seen and i don't know if it's yes. just because i'm a 49er but it, it just felt like he was just so exciting like how he would create and extend plays and the things he would do and he could make any pass on the field yeah i think steve young steve young is my favorite quarterback of all time i think mahomes my, that's going to be tough. I think I like Steve Young better than Mahomes, man, if I'm being honest with you. Like, I, me too. I just love Steve Young. Man. He's a more exciting runner. Yeah. Yeah, and that he can do everything pretty much with the passing everything. game. He can do everything Patrick Mahomes does, but he's more mobile. And again, the reason Steve Young isn't considered the GOAT or a top-five quarterback is because he didn't play in his 20s, had to sit behind Montana, and then he got obliterated. If you're too young to remember Steve Young, they hit him in the head so many times. Yeah, and back then, you could. I mean, you can't hit people in the head. You can't hit quarterbacks in the head anymore. Yeah. He could have, if he played today, he would have been playing into his 40s like everyone else. So, yeah, I think eight saying. concussions is what, eight, eight of them. And that's what ended his career. I and mean, if, he, if he was in today's NFL, he would not have eight concussions. I mean, no, he, 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 he was a better player than Drew Brees. Yeah. I think he was a better player than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Something Frankly, remarkable about Steve Young is how many concussions he's taken, and he's still yeah. very bright and intelligent, which is, you know. He was as good as any passer ever, yeah. statistically. Yeah. And he was arguably, the, I mean, a top three or four running quarterback ever, too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, that's really what Steve Young was. And, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Mike Vick, Lamar Jackson at running. Mike Vick, Lamar Jackson. Who else? I mean – 
those those three and then you know justin fields he's he's new but yeah, he's quite good. exciting but i mean steve yeah. young was right there right there he was the original randall yeah. cunningham people point him out that's another guy who would who was ahead of his time too he was like better today. Mahomes, yeah and justin fields combined he was that good yeah Montatore says niners fans would hate young as a rookie see trey yeah it's true mm -hmm. niner fans with their they might have hated Joe Montana as a rookie, too, because he didn't play as a rookie. All right, let's, I want to talk. That's 45 minutes of football. Yeah. We're going to talk basketball for the rest of the show because the basketball playoffs are upon us. I love basketball playoffs. Can't stand regular season basketball. I pretty much ignore it. But I love uh, playoff basketball. So I want to talk about the Warriors, but first I want to talk about Michael Jordan. So stick mm -hmm. with us on this. All right. I don't think Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. I want to have this discussion. He's great, of course, top five. I'm not saying he wasn't great. Top five. But I think, of course, I, I think, I know, right? Sorry, you could even say top three. But I think when it's all said and done in 20 years, the greatest basketball players of all time are going to end up being LeBron and Steph. But they're not done yet. Those two guys are going to have a level of longevity, I think, that no one's going to match. I think LeBron and Steph are both going to play till like Tom Brady levels, like 45. I think they both have that Tom Brady mentality. And I think the reason that Michael Jordan has his aura is because of the 90s and his shoes. The shoes are amazing. Mm -hmm. The shoes, right. no right. athlete has ever marketed himself via shoes like, like Jordan. It's important. He has a cultural impact because of the shoes. My, ne my nephew just got Jordan 3s for his birthday. He's 13. Never saw him play. And yet somehow he wants Jordans because those are the shoes. Also, he never had a rival in the 90s. He had a rival in the 80s. What? He had the Pistons. In the 90s, there was never a team. I'll let you go. I'll let you go. I won't interrupt you. I promise. All he right. never had a team that could, that could rival him in the 90s. You know, there was, he beat uh, the Lakers at the end. Magic in his final season. Kareem wasn't on that team. He beat the Trailblazers. He beat Charles Barkley. He beat the, C the Seattle Supersonics, and he beat the Jazz twice. None of those teams were dynasties. You know, in the 80s, there were dynasties. Like, Magic had Bird. Those two were legit rivalry. LeBron and Steph, those two are, le are legit rivalry. And that's why neither of those guys are flawless in the finals. I mean, the reason that Jordan has such a crazy reputation is the 6-0 in the finals thing. It's, it's legit. But, I mean, he couldn't have done that in the 80s. He couldn't have done that in the 2010s. It was a little bit of a function of the fact that the NBA expanded a bunch and there weren't that many great teams in the 90s. That's the way I saw it. What about the Pistons? Hey, man, the Pistons beat him three out of four times in the playoffs. And that right. was the 80s. And he ended it. He ended it. Right? He did. He beat him once. And that was impressive. Here's the thing. Are you talking about longevity? Or are you talking about the best basketball player to ever play? Or are you talking about over a period of time? Our career? Well, or are you talking to me, about like, the best basketball player of all time? That's a great question. I think the greatest of all time, longevity factors in. Because in, in football, if you're talking about the greatest running back ever, and just like who was, had the, the highest ability, you could say it's Bo Jackson or Terrell Davis or something like that, but um, they're not the greatest running back of all time because they, they didn't have en enough longevity. I think that matters in sports. And what's interesting with Jordan, when he was 38, he came back and played. He played with the Wizards. He was okay. I mean, he wasn't bad, but he wasn't LeBron. LeBron's 38 right now, and LeBron is still putting up the same numbers he put up 10 years ago. And I think, oh. I think Steph's going to be like that too. When he gets to 40, he's still going to be playing. He's still going to be shooting 40%. He's still going to be averaging 25. That's the way I look at it. Here's my thing. Le mm -hmm. LeBron has one of the best careers, if not the best career of all time. Michael Jordan is the best player of all time. Michael Jordan has never lost a championship. 
in college, in the Olympics, in the FIBA, or in the NBA. He is what eleven and zero in championships. He, he if you gave here's another way mm-hmm. to think. Of it. I, I I I really respect LeBron. He's top three or four for me. To me, it goes Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Steph Curry, or Steph Curry, LeBron James. That that's how I see it. And it's just how old are you, man? And I don't mean I don't 35, mean, 35, 35. Okay, I'm 43. 35. Yeah. So here's the thing. I, I've been a Warriors fan my whole entire life, but the Warriors kind of sucked when I was growing up, right? So yeah. in order to watch good basketball, I'm watching every single Michael Jordan game. Just right. yesterday, I made my kids watch a whole game because they were kind of saying the same stuff that you're saying right now. I'm like, you got to right. watch whole games. Just watch Michael Jordan play a whole game. He was a not only he was great, man. I'm not saying he wasn't good. I'm not saying like, hey, you know that that great player you thought was great, he wasn't great. Ten scoring great. titles, yes. Nine all defensive teams, so definitely in the conversation. Sides of the ball, yes. The three point line wasn't even invented until I think his second year in the NBA. So there's no doubt in my mind if he grew up shooting three pointers, he would be a great shooter pointer. One of his favorite shots was the deep two, and it's just because he grew up playing. There was no three point mm-hmm. line, right? So he never worked on being a three point shooter. Michael Jordan was the most clutch player I've ever seen in my life, doing the most amazing things. There'd be no Kobe without Michael Jordan. Kobe learned every – Kobe wanted to be like Michael Jordan. LeBron wanted to be like Michael Jordan. What LeBron has going for him is his athleticism and his size and his longevity. That's what makes LeBron such a great fan. He's been good for a long time. But he does not have that clutch – DNA that Michael Jordan had like he never lost a championship in his life and he was good on both sides of the ball there's no yeah but but Michael Jordan first of all they say Jordan Montana never lost championships again I agree I I feel like Jordan's legacy is a lot like Montana's and Montana was considered the GOAT for a long time but no longer is why because Tom Brady's longevity Tom Brady isn't uh undefeated in in the in the Super Bowl not at all but the fact that he just kept going into his mid-40s is undeniable. He got a seventh ring. LeBron could do that. Steph could do that. Jordan couldn't. He wasn't. He fell off. He was heavily reliant on his athleticism and his bounce. He was always a great player. But at 38, he wasn't like LeBron is, like I think Steph will be. But we'll see. Their, their, their careers isn't over. Uh, Here's how you ask. Here's no, one ask. more thing I want to say before, before we move on, before you go. What I, this is the point I wanted to make. I still go back to the fact that he didn't beat any great teams in the finals. If you took Jordan off the Bulls, and put Kobe on that team, Kobe and Scottie Pippen, would they have lost any of those six championships? Would they have lost to the Jazz if they had, you know, prime Kobe instead of prime Jordan? I don't think so. But here's the thing. I like Kobe a lot. I love Kobe. He's my second, right? But he is, everything he learned, his whole game was modeled after Jordan. So you can't, right? Jordan Jordan was the model for Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. Every, like, every, all his moves, everything he did, mm-hmm. he learned it from Michael Jordan. So that, you can't surpass mm-hmm. that surpass him if he has more championships and you learn everything. Jordan was be- definitely better than Kobe. So yeah. I'm just making the point that I feel like, you know, th- there was no here's, team here's that, w- that was going to knock the off the Bulls. The Bulls were the best team. They had, Pippen was great too. Jordan never won anything without Pippen. He needed two, Pippen. Two three-peats. But here, that's like saying Dray- uh, Steph never won anything without Draymond, right? But here's the thing. Draymond's you, great if, too. If you put if you give if you give LeBron Michael Jordan's skill set, is Michael Jordan a better or a worse player? Or excuse me, 
You give you give LeBron Michael Jordan's skill set. Is LeBron a better or worse player? Um, if you gave him his skill set, well, he'd probably be a better player, but he's six eight. Yes, he's six eight. Yeah, I think like that that size differential is important. Like the fact he's a better rebounder than than Jordan, but in in addition, like he's a better passer than Jordan. And he's a more efficient scorer than Jordan in every single way, except for free throw well, shooting. I disagree with all of that. I disagree with that. You're my guy. Those stats. Because of my, he's, he's a better, what do you mean it's just stats? Like what, what stat, rebounds, better? assists, three-point shooting percentage, field so, goal percentage. Those are just stats. So you're saying LeBron is bigger and he has bigger. a longer career. More efficient, longer career. I mean, affects the game in more ways. More, well, Jordan's more a better efficient. defender for sure. Jordan's a better defender for sure. Sure. Better free throw shooter for sure. But yeah. I feel like LeBron's better in every single way. And then you got Curry, who might end up as the greatest player of all time, uh, better than both of them. Because yeah. the, the greatest shooter and a, a great facilitator changed the game. And, and again, I think he's got 10 more years in his career. People don't talk about that with Steph, but he is so driven. Watch. He's not stopping. I like Steph. I think he's going to be around a long time, but he's not a better facilitator than LeBron or Jordan, in my opinion. He's, he's not a good passer. He's okay. He has the highest turnover rate. He has the most turnovers on the on the on the Warriors in the NBA. Damn near. I think he's top top five in the NBA turnovers. Whoa, that was blasphemous what you just said. Yeah. Yeah. An okay passer, Seth Curry? Yeah, he's okay. You watch his whole career, and that's what you think? Yeah. Okay. Steph Curry is not even a real here's the thing. I love Steph. You think Curry. Jordan was a better passer than Steph? Yes. No question. No question. Okay. Yes, no question. Look, I, I I'm a Warriors fan. I love Steph Curry. Jordan was a ball hog. But Steph Curry's not even a real point guard. He's not. He, yes, he is. A, a majority of – Steph is great. He's great. But he doesn't run the point. Right? He doesn't drive and kick out and facilitate. That's not what he does. Draymond's more of a – He can. Draymond he is better faster than Steph Curry. I mean – no, they, they just, he just has to play off the ball because he's the greatest shooter of all time. But when he's on the ball, too, in the playoffs, I mean, it's not like he's playing shooting guard at, at, to close the game in the fourth quarter of playoff. He's the point guard. arguing against Steph Curry right now. I can't believe you put yourself in this position. You said he's an okay passer wearing a Warriors hat. It's not his strength. It's not. His strength. It's not. Manny Fresh says, no, we got you. Um, not his strength. Damn, Steph's going to come on the show just to disagree with you. Raymond Martinez Jr. says, Grant, Jordan was so good, his team's won a three-peat. He took a break to play baseball and do whatever and still won another three-peat again. Laugh my ass so stop, G. Again, I think this is uh, people my age and older really romanticizing the 90s. Like, just because we were kids. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. That's the way I feel. Yeah. Brady, not a goat. He lost championships. Sorry. Ooh, okay. <laughs> All yeah. right. Yeah. Big Tim 3 says, MJ changed the game. Your favorite player's favorite player is MJ. There's two players Curry. that changed the game more than anybody. Michael him. Jordan Steph Curry. They changed the game more than anybody. How did Michael Jordan change the game? He could dunk. No, not just that. The way he dunked, right? But also his, his post fadeaway, like his back to his mid-range, back to the basket, Post fadeaway. That's where Kobe learned it from. That's where LeBron learned it from. Jordan was the first guy really doing that. Him, him, and Reggie Miller. But isn't the mid range dead? That's dead. Who, who plays like that anymore? But but he's the one that started that, right? And it didn't it dead. didn't die until Steph came. So most two what? influential players of all time. It's dead now though. Black Orchid says Jordan scored sixty points without three point plays. 
Jordan I'm not saying he wasn't good. People would be like, well, you think Jordan isn't good. Yeah. Absolutely you, great player. You're eight, you're eight years younger than me. I was pretty young when I was watching Jordan. You probably watched most of his later age after he should have retired and, and wrapped it up, right? But did you watch him? Like, did you watch full games growing up in the, in the 80s and 90s with Michael Jordan? I watched him mostly when he came back in his second stint. I mean, when he retired the first time, I was five. That's five. why. That's why. That's why I promise that's why. And I don't, I, I, my, my kids. But I watched a lot of Michael Jordan. I understand he was a great player and a great athlete. All I'm saying is the best player he ever, the best team he ever beat in the finals was the Jazz. The 90s were kind of a down era for the NBA. They expanded a lot, there weren't dynasties. There were, and it's not his fault. But there was no team or no player that could match him. And, like, it's not because he was by far the greatest player of all time. It just means that he missed. I mean, he, his team couldn't compete in the 80s. And he wasn't good in the 2000s on the Wizards. He was good for that eight-year stretch. He was phenomenal for that eight-year stretch. It just so happens that there wasn't a team that could that – could, there was no Spurs, no Warriors, no LeBron, no – I mean, no Lakers – I think you're underestimating the, the teams that he played against. He made them look that way. Here's the thing. He won three finals in a row, quit, went and played baseball, came back. What team in the 90s would have been an all-time great dynasty if Jordan hadn't existed? Man, now you're Utah? Utah. Carl Malone and freaking – no, man. I, I, to me, like, the, the, those teams weren't that good. To me, like the freaking Spurs, look- excuse me, uh, the, the the Supersonics with Gary Payton and Sean Kemp, like that wasn't enough. The, ju- the to- Jazz, the Suns, the Knicks. Barkley. Barkley. Yeah. yeah. No, to me, to be his biggest rival was the Pistons. And the Pistons beat him three out of four times. That's why Isaiah Thomas is salty. Because he's like, wait a second. I had their number. Well, when he was young, he was learning. But it, it, when he got to his level, nobody could touch him again. Yeah. Official BNA Music 80, 88 says one thing that LeBron and Kobe have over MJ is that he never carried trash team far. And can never we did a damn else? thing without Scottie Pippen. But can we bring up a really important point, right? Yeah. You, told, you said the 90s was like trash, basically, right? But here's the thing. I tweeted that. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you look at the football in the 90s for quarterbacks, what we were talking about with Steve Young getting hit and get yeah. that's how that's how you could you could play defense with a hand on on a guy the whole time you could have your hand on a guy you can't do that now it's way easier to score but if you remember you couldn't touch jordan in the 90s you could smack him around in the 80s and the pistons did but once he won that first title and i think what this is another thing i feel like the nba they profited off the rivalry of bird and larry uh bird and magic in the 80s mm-hmm. once those guys retired right around the same time they knew the whole league was Jordan. There was no rivalry anymore. And it was all about Jordan's the greatest player of all time. Jordan's Jesus Christ on a basketball field. Buy his, buy his, uh, buy his shoes and watch greatness play. And so you couldn't touch him, man. He got a lot, a lot of foul calls in the 90s. All the greats do. Of course, of course. Except but I'm just saying, like, this whole thing, like, he played in a rougher era. Like, yeah, if everyone else did. Not he didn't. He, you know, he was hand-checking. Not it, getting. I don't know, man. It was rough back then. Like I, I also, played. there was a legal defense back then. He could go one-on-one every time. How many times did he get the ball and just clear out and four people would go to the corner and he would go one-on-one? He could do that his whole career. You can't do that anymore. LeBron oh, can't do that. LeBron gets doubled. doubled. He, he was getting doubled all the time. There's a legal defense in the 90s. You couldn't do stuff like that. You could double team in the 90s. There Absolutely. was a legal defense, though. You, you couldn't. You had to be guarding someone at all times. You couldn't wait. You could, they couldn't play zone. They used to double team the shit out of Michael Jordan. I was just watching it yesterday. 
good, but you good can't move. if you if you cleared out, you literally can't play zone defense. You have to guard someone. You had to be guarding someone. Zone people don't play zone a lot, even now. I mean, the Jordan, the, the Warriors will throw it in every now and then. If if you got a good shooting team, you're not going to play zone. But they were doubling the shit out of Michael Jordan back in the day. Josh Wyatt says the further we get away from the '90s, the more comfortable we are just disrespecting Jordan. Jordan was inevitable. I think people got to watch. I watch full games. Like, I would watch full seasons like I do with the Warriors now. I've always been a Warriors fan, but when Michael, man, Michael Jordan was different. I'm telling you, different. I have a theory. Everyone that thinks that Michael Jordan's the greatest basketball of all, player of all time also thinks that the 90s are the greatest era of rap music of all time. Am I wrong? It's fact. It's true. Both it's true. Facts. I'm telling you. Some people, you just, people love the 90s. Yeah. William Bennett says the fade was the name. Uh, the fade was the name, was named the Jordan. The fade was named the Jordan. I'm sorry. I don't understand. Come on, fade away. Yeah, it was. I hate Jordan, but I'll admit he's the GOAT. Why do you hate Jordan? I don't hate Jordan. What do you do to you? (laughs) I think it would be cool if Jordan played today because Jordan was the kind of guy who would gamble a lot and drink four games. And he had like a, he had a very um, crazy lifestyle that would have been controversial if it had taken place during the social media time. He's the I mean, most competitive guy I've ever seen, man. He would he is not losing. Like he is that's that's who he is. But he was also like a big time gambler. Like people yeah. that would have been so like he was at casinos the night before playoff games. I mean, if if they had s- cell phones like back then or oh, yeah. if he was doing that now, yeah. man, he'd be controversial. Yeah. He'd be controversial. Like LeBron is controversial now. He never does anything like that. Can you imagine if LeBron I think again that was another Product of the '90s, man. Just before, back when, back when celebrities could be big time celebrities, and you didn't know everything about them yeah. because social media didn't exist. He was larger than life in the '90s. He really yeah. was. Yeah. Adam Gardner, Grant, how's the offseason going for you? If we trade Lance, I don't think I can tout being a Niners fan for a while because it would be the dumbest freaking thing we've done in a long time. Having a good offseason, can't complain. And that's why I think that, that's why I think you're going to be right, and Larry's going to be wrong because the Niners don't want Adam Gardner to stop being a Niner fan. Man, Grant, if they trade Trey Lance and don't get like an Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to be on their shit. Brock Purdy better be that guy that they think he is because I'm going to be on him tough like the Niners. You're going to hear a lot of criticism coming from me. Big Tim 3 says Jordan had kids playing with their tongue out. I'm telling you, Jordan is a just a phenomenon of marketing from the shoes to the tongue to the logo. He owned the 90s. And I think the NBA would have died. It could have freaking died in the 90s without Jordan. There was no rivalry. There were no dynasties. He carried the whole league for a decade. During To me, it was a downtime. All of a sudden, he retires, and then Tim Duncan comes in the league. Kobe comes in the league. You got the Lakers, who are a dynasty. The Spurs, who are a dynasty. LeBron comes in the league. Steph comes in the league. And all of a sudden, the league is great right now. But in the 90s, it was freaking... Jordan made it, though, to where those teams couldn't be. Patrick Ewing? Yeah, absolutely. He carried the league. Carried yeah. the league, and I think that's part of his legacy. It's dude part of was, his legacy. Dude was like Carried nothing the I've ever seen in my life. People name their kids Jordan. Right? How many kids are named Jordan right now? There's probably someone watching this game, watching this right now named Jordan because of this guy. Man. You know what I love is I used to be. like Every year in the NFL draft, there were like four Shaquilles. I love that. I was like, of course. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think we're getting a little bit past that time, though. Yeah. Uh, Kyler V says Steph has kids launching from 35. It's true. It's true. Kenny G yeah, says MJ didn't get to load manage played all games. Every game. Um, Every game. But he also he did load manage though. He retired twice. That's load managing. Oh, he's kidding just, me? That's retired. load management. He retired and couldn't miss it. 
I wish he would have stayed retired. I wish you my my wish is he never quit to play baseball and he never came back after he retired after his second his sixth championship. Yeah. Adrian Garcia says the idea that the uh the the idea that only the older generation is in love with MJ is false. I'm 19 and I take MJ over uh LaFlop James all day. All right, fair enough, Adrian. I didn't mean to paint with broad strokes like that. Thanks for putting that out there. The woke uh sports fan says Grant, you were revealing too much truth. Goat one of one. Thank you, man. No. I appreciate it. I feel like people don't want to hear this right now, but their kids will love it. Yeah, the kids quote. are gonna love it. Yeah. To quote Back in the Future, I hate Jordan because he would kill the Knicks. Yeah. Yeah, like to, the, the Knicks were the biggest t- uh, rival to him in the 90s, right? He had to go through Patrick Ewing and Allen Houston, and that team was good, but not all-time great. And can we add something to it? It's not just that he won, and it's not just that he dunked. It's how he looked doing it. There was nobody oh, yeah. that had that much style. The guy would float. He would just it's walk true. in the air. It was just wild. Yeah, It's true. It's true. All right, let's talk Warriors-Kings. NorCal showdown, Warriors <laughs> against the Kings yeah. in the first round of the playoffs. The Kings are the three seed. Had a hell of a season. Mm-hmm. Ending their playoff drought, it kind of feels like the We Believe year when I was a kid where the Warriors, except this team is the three seed. And the, and the Warriors, you might think, are the underdogs. Who are you picking to win? The Warriors. Yeah. Me nah. too. <laughs> are you kidding? Yeah. Like good, good, good seasons, Sacramento. Good season, guys. Yeah, yeah, good season, Sac. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Mike Brown for uh, uh, you know, good coach, man. He really turned that 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 program around. Fox, Sabonis, they outstanding season. Had a good run, but it kind of reminds me of when, like, the Warriors are the Lakers in the '90s, and the Kings are the Kings, right? Like, yeah, okay, good job, guys, but. I don't I don't believe that. I feel like they're too young and inexperienced to have any kind of sustainable success in the playoffs. Draymond was just on talking yesterday about and this is kind of how the NBA is. And this is kind of why you don't like it during the season. But Draymond basically said nothing matters that happens in the season. The only way they're going to remember your team is by what happens in the playoff. And the Warriors, all they really wanted to do, if, if Draymond believes that who's the leader of the team, they probably all believe that they're just trying to get in the playoffs. And now they're going to turn it up. They just beat Portland by like 57. I, GP2's back, Wiggins back. Like, good job, Kings. But I think Warriors in six. That's how I got it. I like um, basketball because defense still matters in the playoffs. Like, in, in football, I guess defense matters in the playoffs. Like, ask the Niners. They got screwed up by the Eagles' defense. But once you get to the Super Bowl, there's no more defense. It's almost like an all-star game. In, in basketball, there's this thing called playoff basketball where all of a sudden the rules change. And you can hit people harder and you can get away with more contact. It's stupid in a sense. Like the, like the, the whole sport changes yeah. in the playoffs, but it does. And yeah. we've seen how the, how the Warriors play in the playoffs. They play amazing defense in the playoffs. Yeah. So I don't really care what they did on the road this year, what their numbers were. They have Draymond Green. They got Gary Payton back. They're going to get Wiggins back. They still have Clay Thompson. They are going to play great defense in this series. Yeah. And I don't know what the Kings are. I mean, who do the Kings have? It's going to lock anyone up on the Niners. I mean, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, the Kings are good offense, man, but their defense yeah. is not that's not it. And here's the thing is, like even the rotations. Kerr during the during the season, he's trying to keep his stars healthy. He's playing 10 guys, 11 guys sometimes. When you get to the playoffs, it's 7 or 8. It's 7 mm-hmm. or 8 your best players. You you're down to 7 or 8 of your best players. Lamb's probably not going to see the damn court. I I barely at all like it's a well, it'll be it'll be off the bench it'll be pool um well essentially if wiggins come back comes yeah. back it'll be pool peyton gpt Divincenzo, 
Chenzo and yeah, who's good, and then maybe Kaminga, maybe. And we'll have to see what, you know what the young guys got, but that's eight or nine right there. That's it. That's your that's rotation. It. That's, that's all. It. That's all they're gonna play unless the game's out of yeah. hand. It, 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 I'm telling you, people, I've been they sleeping on the Warriors. Like the Warriors, this is a professional. Four out of the last eight seasons, they won championships. They know what they're doing here. But, you know, they were trying to win as many games as possible while also keeping their stars healthy. Like Steph Curry yeah. hit half the fourth quarter in like first yeah. 42, 41 games. Uh-huh. Like, it's not the same. So you're going to no. see a completely different team in the playoffs from the Warriors than you're going to than you've seen throughout the season. Also, like I remember when the Warriors were coming up, kind of like the Kings are coming up. It took them a while to beat teams with championship pedigree in the playoffs. Yeah. Like they lost to the Spurs, they lost to the Clippers, who weren't even a championship team. And it, I think, those experiences built the Warriors into what they were. I mean. I think that's the way I say. I mean, you were just arguing that for Michael Jordan, right? He needed all those losses to the Pistons to become the great player that he was. So the Kings, like, you're really going to beat the Warriors in the first round of your first playoff? Maybe. Maybe. But I don't think they're going to do to the Warriors what the Warriors did to the Mavericks 15 years ago. I just don't see it. Because that Mavericks team had had a bad coach that got worked by Don Nelson. I mean, Steve Kerr is not going to get worked. Like, that was Avery Johnson worked under Don Nelson, if I if I remember correctly. So Don Nelson was schooling his former underling. Yeah, it's the other way around here. Like Mike Brown worked for Steve Kerr. Like it's not gonna happen. Mike Brown's not gonna school Steve Kerr in this matchup. No, no, and I like no. Mike Brown. He's doing great with what he has, but the talent level is just the pedigree, the talent level, the history, the resume. They don't match up. I'm sorry. Fox is great, especially in the fourth clip quarter. He was elite. He's elite in the fourth quarter, best player in the fourth quarter in the NBA, which is huge in close games yep. in the playoffs. But I just don't see. Wait, wait till you put Gary Payton second on him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's so important for the for the Warriors. He, even Dante. Wait till you put Wiggins on Keegan Murray. Yeah, you know. I mean, wait till you put Draymond Green on Sabonis. Like they're just gonna have a tough time. Sacramento's yeah. gonna have a tough time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, Warriors in six, and I'm I was being nice. Yeah, yeah. It could be worse than that. William Bennett says if Kyle. Trades trade without a Super Bowl. He should never be a head coach again. Niner fans starting to get a little pissed. Mm-hmm. I understand. Patrick Moody says, do you think the Niners could trade the Vikings a third-round pick for Daniil Hunter to be the other D-end instead of drafting one? He uh, may can mentor Jackson. Hmm. That's interesting. I haven't thought about Hold it much, on. man. Hold on. Let me look. I mean, it's all about money. Let's see. Hold on. Third-round Hunter. Uh, hold on. It's pretty expensive. Also, there'd be a dead. No, 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 no. Hold on. Trade. No, there would be $18 million dead cap hit for uh, the Vikings if they trade him. They're not going to trade him. So trades are really tricky in the NFL. That's not going to happen. Josh Wyatt says Jordan made the league look weak, but it really wasn't. Jordan was just that good. Love Steph, but he doesn't make the rest of the league irrelevant. The way I look is, is like, I think the expansion really affected the league. There weren't enough great players to fill out all those teams. Now there are. Now there's more great players in the world than there were 30 years ago. But in the 80s, there were fewer teams. There were more rivalries. And also, if we're going to talk about rings defining who the greatest player of all time is, about Bill Russell. Bill, How many? I mean, he won in college. He won two in college at freaking USF. UC, USF. USF. Then he won a million with the uh, Celtics. I think he lost one. So, And people say, well, there weren't that many teams in the league back then. Yeah, but 
that means every team had really good players and he had to go through Wilt Chamberlain and frankly did it standing on his head, made Wilt Chamberlain look like a nobody. So I think, I, shout out Oakland legend Bill Russell. I think I'm guilty when it comes to Bill Russell. I'm guilty of what a lot of people are guilty of when it comes to Michael Jordan. They just weren't old enough to witness it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Also, he wasn't putting up big numbers on offense. Uh, he was the, the quintessential defensive defense wins championship guy. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's an it's a it's an interesting conversation. The game has definitely evolved. Last topic, and it's an, uh, it's a Warriors topic. The James Wiseman trade is interesting because it's a little bit like I think there's some serious parallels to the trade land situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Warriors drafted this James Wiseman guy. He didn't play much at all in in college. He needed time to play. Didn't get it. They traded him. And he started play. He started putting up numbers for the Pistons, yeah. although the Pistons weren't winning. And I think a lot of Ni- Warrior fans were like, "Man, that was an awful trade." And the Niners better not make the same mistake with Lance. Well, I think there's some differences in this situation because Wiseman, frankly, I don't think would be helping this Warriors team. And I think Gary Payton is extremely important for this Warriors team. And that's yeah. all I really care about because as long as they have Steph Curry and Draymond and Clay Thompson, they are legit contenders. You know, it's not like they're missing something. So that's a key role player for them. And Wiseman isn't. So I still think that was a good trade. Even if Wiseman ends up becoming a really good player, I think they need Gary Payton right now. Right now, right now. Well, I guess, I mean, here's the thing is I, I wish they would have just resigned Gary Payton and never let him leave in the first place and kept Wiseman. That That's what I want because I think Wiseman is going to be a good player. And you're right. He may not be the perfect fit right now. It, on this run that the you know, Warriors are trying to make, but he's elite. And, you know, Looney, very underrated player, but if he goes down, the Warriors don't have a lot of size. Thankfully, Looney is very durable, <coughs> and Draymond can cover these big guys a lot. But if you somehow lost Looney, they need a big guy. And Wiseman, he's not been a good defender, not been a good rebounder for how big he is. He's a good, really good offensive player, but – it, I feel like Wiseman has such elite high-end talent that I would have loved to see the Warriors keep him, even if you're not going to play him in the playoffs. They should have played him throughout the season. If they're going to play guys like freaking Lamb, and I know different positions, but if you're going to play guys like Lamb and all these other dudes, play Wiseman. Let him get better. Let's see what, see what you can get from him. But, yeah, I would have loved them keep, keep GP2 and Wiseman. They didn't have to do either. I think it was kind of stupid. You said a minute ago, like, he doesn't defend very well. He doesn't rebound very well. Yeah. I'm out on centers that, that lack those two skill sets. To me, in the, NF, in the NBA, I'm such a football guy. In the, in the NBA today, I think the center position is basically a role player position. And you have to defend. You have to defend multiple positions. And you have to rebound. If you can't do those things, I think you're a losing player. I think you get played off the court in the playoffs. Like Carl Anthony Towns, hell of an offensive player. No defense. I mean, I don't think he's a winning player. I mean, maybe Wiseman becomes Carl Anthony Towns one day, and maybe you could say it's a, a successful career, but I, I, the Warriors have a specific formula. I mean, Kavon Looney is their center. He went. I remember when he was at UCLA, he was a small forward at UCLA. Draymond Green was a small forward at, at Michigan State. They keep converting these small forwards and turning them into centers. I, I think that's kind of where the league is going. You kind of have to be smaller, a seven-foot guy who doesn't rebound or defend but needs a lot of shots. Like, uh, so you're not really a role player. You need, you need the ball a lot, and you're not going to shoot a lot of threes. So, you're, so your offensive game is twos? Like, no, I'm out. I'm out. Detroit, good luck with that. 
Yeah, I just think he's not a good match, being that you have Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. <clears throat> but I think if you take Steph Curry and Jay Thompson off, Klay Thompson off the team, then the Wiseman would be very important for the Warriors. I, I think that's just how I see it. And, you know, hopefully they'll last long. The good thing about Steph Curry and Klay Thompson is they're shooters. Their game mm-hmm. can last forever, right? You know. But- I feel like Kaminga is the player that will eventually give the Warriors everything that they hoped Wiseman would give them. And again, that's a small forward who's going to eventually end up being a center for them because he doesn't shoot and you don't really want him handling the ball. But in a pick and roll with Steph Curry, I mean, Kaminga has the hops. Like he could be, remember Sean Marion? We were kids. I mean, he has that kind of a skill set. And I think in today's NBA, Sean Marion could play some center. Uh, So that's what I see Kaminga doing. Like he he gives you that roller because Steph's never had that in his whole career. Can you imagine? You're talking about Steph not being... That still pisses me off that you said that. But you said Steph not about his passing. Like, what if he had Amari Stoudemire like Steve Nash did? He never had. They had Andrew Bogut and Kevon Looney and Draymond Green, guys who don't score. Kaminga could be that guy. And I think if he does, then you don't, then it doesn't matter. That, that I think Kaminga is going to be, I, if you put Kaminga on another team, he'd be a star like next year or two. Like, the only reason why he may not be like a superstar is because he's on the Warriors behind Steph Curry and those guys. Like you know, they're going to be the, the stars of that team. But I, Kamiga has a ton, a ton of talent. I, I, like I don't him. know. I, I like Wiseman. He accepts his like, role too. He yeah. accepts his. He he was a lottery pick, but he understands on this team. You're coming off the bench. You're going to get 15 minutes a game if you don't play that well. You got to you got to rebound and defend and work from there. And he does it. Wiseman was like, man, that's not really my game. Like, well, dude, you can't play for this team then. Kamiga yeah. gets it. I like that about him. If Kaminga was on the Kings, he would be a, he'd be a star, man. He'd get shots, too. Yeah. He'd yeah. get shots, too. But he's learning to play the right way in a championship team, which is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. You Hopefully know? they keep him a long time. I think he's going to be he's phenomenal talent. Yeah, I, I think he's a good one. Um, Michael says, I would love to see Curry against Larry Bird. I would love to see Larry Bird and Chris Mullen in today's NBA. Guys who were great shooters but only shot like three, four threes a game because that was the league back then. Now... If you're a good shooter, even if you're a mediocre shooter, you're shooting eight threes a game. Can yeah. you imagine Chris Mullen today? Would be, yeah. He'd be. Oh Steph, my God. Steph changed the game. Steph yeah. changed the game for the better. Yeah. Well, for the better. Unless you're less isolation in the NBA, maybe in the in it, it, it's 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 tough in the younger ages, you know. Because the thing about Steph Curry is he earned the right to take those shots. He put in the work, and he has the evidence yeah. to be the guy. But true. You Jordan like, Poole did not. Earn the yeah. right to take those freaking yeah. shots. You got seventh graders who think they have the right to take those shots nowadays. So it's hard. another thing I didn't like about '90s basketball, and this is me being a curmudgeon, is it was slow. It was slow, and it was very isolationist, uh, isolation oriented, as opposed to the '80s with the Showtime and now, which is very much like a yeah, European style. With the Giant yeah, but it was very much. It was very. There's a lot of isolation in the '90s. It was. It was a, a, it was a much slower. It was. It was a lot of walking the ball up the court. Now it's much more of a European style with with the uh, pick and roll and that kind of stuff. I think I, there was a lot more half court sets. Like they ran high yeah. court offense more. Yeah. Than yeah. Low post, all that mid post, yeah. walking it up. You know, eh? Yeah. It was the way it was back then. Yeah, it was great. It was great. The '90s in general were just phenomenal. Uh, this was a great time. show. Yeah. It wasn't quite as good as this show. Remember, everyone, Ryan thinks that Steph Curry's highly overrated. Let him hear it. What? Twitter, everyone. No, 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 no. Don't, don't. Come what? At him. What? Come at him, everyone. Thank you very much for watching. Thanks for watching. Um, Larry's on 
Larry's going to be on the radio all week, 2 to 6 on 95.7, so check him out. He won't be here with me today, so I'll probably do a cone phone in the afternoon if you guys want to call in, and I'll uh, I'll get Larry later this this week. So I'll see you guys later. Right Thanks, on. Ryan. Yes, sir.